Welcome to the SBS Volta Espana podcast with Zwift. Last year in the Volta, we saw Zwift Academy winner Jay Vine come desperately close to a stage win. And this year, another Zwift Academy winner, Neve Bradbury, performed brilliantly at the Giro Donna, finishing 10th overall. Well, it's all about to kick off again. Registrations are open and the Zwift Academy starts on the 12th of September. Importantly, it's not just about elite riders chasing a pro contract. Anyone can take part. The Zwift Academy features six structured workouts over four weeks. And after you've graduated, Zwift will share workout and training recommendations based on your results. It's a great way to find your strengths and go further. So if you want to dive in and start riding with a free seven-day trial, head to Zwift.com. Now here's Christoph and Macca with the SBS Volta Espana podcast with Zwift. Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast here on location in Spain. You can see just behind me the beautiful architecture. And joining me all the way from Melbourne is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Oh, listen, mate. I'm getting sick of you <laughs> rubbing it in with your beautiful backdrops. The sun is up. I mean, here I am. Here's yeah. my backdrop. Uh, I've got the race going on repeat, I though, on that. a loop. So that's my little Spanish touch. Mate, I am good. And how about the victory last night of Rigoberto uh, yeah. Iran? Mick Jagger, he is just, he oozes class and style, this guy. And uh, what about this? Ringo, 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 Ringo. That's a fan. There's like <laughs> one fan or two fans at the top of the, the mountains. And he, Ringo, Ringo, por favor. All he wanted was a selfie with the winner. Yeah, they <laughs> love him. They love him. Like, They're passionate. Absolutely. He's a rock star. You said, like, we say Mick Jagger, yeah. not just because he looks like it uh, yeah. a little bit, because he's a rock star. And this is what he brings and drives to the people of Colombia. Well, he moved a bit like Mick Jagger up the uh, climb last night, didn't he? He was um, – no, look, in all seriousness, that was an amazing group of riders in that breakaway. Every, there was at one point you could have put a bet on any rider in that break to win the stage. That's the quality of the field. I mean, there were two riders in there that have won stages already. Uh, Arada was one of those. Uh, I'd sort of written him off, actually. I didn't give Lawson Craddock a chance either. Yeah. And it just kept yo-yoing differently, you know, up that climb. It was such a really good finale. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, why don't we listen to uh, Rigoberto Uran in English? I mean, in you English. and I, Micah, we know that is rare to hear yes. from him in English. So let's listen to him. I just love the guy. I just love the guy. Never all, no. For me, uh, I'm so happy for this victory. Also, my team is my face. Saying the way, I'm so happy. I try... Uh, many, many days in this way, such as Taylor Breakaway, all my teammates tried. Um, for me, for my team, is nice result this stage. And what about the breakaway? Because you had some tough rivals in there. How did you handle that? How did you manage it? We saw Lawson Craddock almost pull it off. Yeah, that was super strong. Also, the breakaway is uh, a lot of people very strong. But for me, um, you know, the, I know the climb. I know I, I have good legs today. Sometimes you need way, way. And 
also the experience is very important and the final is nice, nice victory. I believe in this morning, okay, try for me. The most important is uh, every, every day try, every day try, because you never know. And today for me is the second day. Talk about these Colombian fans and all your fans that are always around cheering for you. Every time you open up the bus door, they're there. And What's this going to do? No, because Uran is very authentic, very original, and it's always happy, and it's very important for the people. And Uran is recognized international, not only Colombia, France, Spain, U.S., everything. I say, oh, thank you for your support, Australia. Also. Uran is day. international. What is <laughs> He just can't stop loving that guy. But Maka is entering a club that we talked about before. He's the 103rd rider in a history to have won one stage in every single Grand Tour. That wasn't the case yesterday. That's his first win in the Vuelta. That's a club that is getting bigger now and then, but it's still a very, very small club when you think about the whole history of the sport. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on. It's, um, it's a pretty exclusive club. And if you... Coupled with that, his his overall placings in a Grand Tour, there wouldn't be many riders that have done that as well. I mean, second at the Tour de France, um, you know, a few years back. He yeah. he really is a class rider. And it's interesting, you know, we were chatting before the live last night with, with Kino and Mark, and we were talking about uh, Rigo because Mark was on the same team. They were on the same team okay. at Quickstep for a certain period. And uh, Mark was singing his praises as a person, not just a rider, but... As a person, he said he's a really, um, a really cool guy, really upbeat, and um, yeah, it was just interesting. We're saying he's thirty-five years of age, and we sort of said, "Do you think he's over it? Do you think he's, you know, he's ready to to hang it up? He hasn't. He obviously isn't in the form of mm. his, say, Tour de France form a few years back." And then he goes and wins a stage. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and he pushes himself into the top ten. So you can never ever, uh, you know, write the script for these guys of that level because yeah. they will come back and make you look stupid. And you know, it was and, it was nice that he did it last night. Yeah, and also, I mean, I know we and we all praise the the sport of cycling. We just absolutely love you, I, everyone that works at SBS, everyone watching this show. I believe loves the sport of cycling. But there is something special in cycling compared to any other sport where you try and then you try. And then you mm. mentioned, mentioned it before. You lose more than you win. But you have yeah. to keep trying. You have to keep pedaling, like uh, some, some cyclists could say. Um, so this is what cycling is all about. You try all your life, but you pick up wins along the way. And at the end, you become a great or you don't. But in the case of Uran, he becomes a great from last night. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, just that, just that bit that I'd said about, you know, you, you lose more than you win. It, it's, and it's not a negative thing. It's just a fact. No, no, no. It's a, for example, sprinters. You know, a, a world-class sprinter um, might, say, win 100 races in their whole yeah. career, but they'll race 2,000. So out of 2,000 starts, <laughs> they get yeah. beaten and they only yeah. win 100. It's a lot of wins. Let's, yeah. But, but yeah, that's the difference with the sport of cycling. It's, uh, gee, you've got to have some passion. You've got to have yeah. motivation all the time. And even when the chips are down, you've just got to keep riding through. And, you know, the old Matty Heyman theory, yeah. Uh, and saying, I should say, you know, Paris Roubaix, just keep on riding, just keep yeah, on just riding. Keep he kept just on riding pedaling. and he won it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, talking about someone uh, that wins and loses and uh, got affected a little bit yesterday, we can see this and we'll debate, yeah. so we'll talk about this. It's Lonson Craddock. So let's listen to him and let's, we'll talk about his performance and, and, and the way he's feeling uh, straight after that feeling after this interview. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to say, actually. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm constantly getting in these breakaways where I'm never the strongest climber, never the strongest sprinter. There's always seems to be one or two guys that just are better than me and then in, all the, in every aspect. So, yeah, I mean, I have to, same thing, like I've done the other day is play my card, rely on my strengths, which is to go early and, yeah, it's another day of uh, so close, you had heartbreak in the final and, yeah, it's tough to swallow. Thinking back of these many attempts, is there anything you could do differently or against the strongest climber, you have to try early? Yeah, I mean, I I did what I set out to do. I I wanted to go early. Um, I knew that was my, my best chance. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I don't know what I could have done differently. I think uh, just wasn't meant to be today. You know, I've tried almost my entire career to win a stage here with Vuelta and, you know, continue trying. Thank you very much, Hassan. Thank you. Rosson Craddock here, the Maca we can see in, the, in between the words, we can hear is, I'm not going to say he's fed up with not winning, but he's taking us, that's taken a toll yesterday. There's been a few tries and he was always positive. There was always this sort of American way to him. I'm a Texan, I'm going to go for it, mine. I'm going to go do it again and again. But yesterday, in if you listen to the silences, mm. there was a certain weight to them. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I tell you what, He's won me over on this welter. Yeah. Not that I wasn't, you know, didn't respect him uh, or respect his riding ability before, but he's really won me over. Um, outside of Caden Graves' victory, he's been the sort of standout at Bike Exchange, Jacob. He's been in numerous breaks, as he said. Um, and, and, you know, the passion that he's got there, I mean, how can you not feel for the guy? Um, yeah. But also, he should back himself even more because he attacked three times last night. I thought he used a bit too much energy trying to go clear. Well, I mean, he got clear and they only caught him, I think, just inside the one-kilometre banner. Yep. But he should back himself to actually wait and attack with three or 400 metres to go. Um, he think, went at the base I, of the climb. I think to his defence, though, he's done this before and it didn't work. So he probably wanted to try something a bit different today. I yeah, think. I, I think he uses a bit too much energy, though, um, in his attempts to get away. You know, if you went back and analysed that last 15 kilometres, if we, if we went back and watched, you know, sort of like dissecting a, a, um, your football team, you know, yeah. and looking at where you went wrong and where you went right. And if you watched Rigoberto Uran and Ezel Serrata, two of the most experienced guys in the race, and Arata's already got a stage win, they were both riding so crafty uh, you know, they were both and, – and Mark Soler is the other one who, yeah. who's won a stage as well. And I just thought Lawson, you know, I thought he did too much. And I said it during the live last night, but he still almost won. That's the thing. So I think he actually should back himself in more that he can go with the guys in that break um, per se on another day. He can climb with them on a climb because he proved – he climbed most of that climb on his own. Yeah, um, and he will get his stage win. I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking he will. Get, he won't get his stage win maybe this year here, but he will get a grand tour stage win one day. But what we can say though, uh, before we we carry on, there are so many young or not so young riders are still knocking at the door. I mean, I'm thinking Fred mm. Wright as well. What you just said is what we've already said for Fred Wright, but that gives us 
a whole other layer of riders that are the real warriors, the, the riders that could do it and will do it at some point. Yeah, yeah. And it's, look, we're, we're constantly, we keep calling it the next generation. Um, yeah. Two years ago, Wout Van Aert, Pogaccia and Matthew Vanderpoel were the, the, the next gen. They're suddenly now the seasoned pros and we've got these, you know, these next kids coming like Fred Wright, like Juan Ayuso, who, who yeah. maybe will finish on the podium, Rodriguez, the other Spaniard. They just keep popping up each year. And it's, you know, for guys like Lawson Craddock, it, I say he'll get a stage win, but there's no guarantees. No. You know, I, there are you no need- guarantees that he will win a Grand Tour stage because he's got these young kids snapping at his heels and he's got those older, experienced guys like Rigo, who's 35 years of age, yeah. pulls every like little trick out, yeah. out of his hat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's listen to uh, Jevine as well because uh, now we are entering a zone where Jevine could do something again. Mm. Uh, and he, if, if anything, defend the jersey. Uh, but there's also a couple of stages that could suit him. So let's listen to Jevine. Today there was not so many points on the road. That was a day to try to recover uh, ahead of tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I think... Uh... We just uh, didn't want to waste too much energy trying to get in the move today. Um, the downhill run, all that sort of stuff, it was a bit of a lottery uh, making it all happen in the end. So uh, we gave the other guys a bit of an option to, to get up the road and we then tried to see if anyone wanted to race from the bunch and uh, the answer was no. So it was going to be a, a breakaway win. So we just recovered as much as possible. What's in your mind? Trying to win tomorrow or maybe Saturday? Or it's still uh, safe, uh, making sure you get this uh, Polkadot jersey? Yeah, I think uh, going for one of those two stages is like it sort of flows with keeping the uh, jersey all the way to Madrid. So I really like the look of uh, stage 20. So I don't know. We'll talk with my sports directors and uh, see what uh, they think. How would you rate the evolution on your, of your shape on these three weeks? Knowing that you have been uh, at the front from the from the first week, how you have evolved around these three weeks? Yeah, I think uh, I've had the I've had the fortunate ability to be able to I think get better throughout the three weeks, uh, not having to race every day. So, and then also taking the rest days as actual rest days. So, uh, yeah, the form's still really nice. So I think I can do something special in these last uh, couple of stages. See you tomorrow then. See you tomorrow. Uh, Jevine here. The good thing is, him saying, I'm riding into form. I'm riding into form. We are at the end of the third week of the Grand Tour, and almost he's saying he's never felt better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, look, it bodes well for the next, uh, what are we, three, the next three days because they're all mountainous. Um, The biggest problem Jevine has got is he is Jevine. Uh, he is now recognised. He is now known. He's got the polka dot jersey on and he's got a huge target on his back. So he, I think he can win one more stage, but the, the big focus really just has to be that polka dots. And he can do that tonight. He can get all the points tonight yeah. and pretty much sew that uh, competition up. So question for you, uh, and that's my kind of thing, Brian, a brain that is working in. Him in an official interview saying, oh, I really like the look of stage 20. Does he mean he's going to attack on stage 19 and try to get stage 19 and not even look at stage 20? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, who knows? Um, uh, I think, look, tonight suits him. Yeah. It, it's flat early on. We'll, we'll look at the profile uh, soon, obviously. But 
you know, it's perfect for a breakaway to survive once again. It's another summit finish, um, but any of the next three days really suit him, I think. Yeah. I mean, based yeah. on his form and based on his characteristics, he could win either of the next three. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope at least one of them. Mm. That would be good. But yeah. I'd be happy with Joseph Porcello, to be honest. But oh, so I'm, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, Jay, put the queue in the rack, mate. Put the queue in the rack. Just bring that polka dot back to Australia yeah, exactly. and Stay. we're all happy. Stay safe, stay safe, yeah. and be happy to have you in our yeah. Christmas special. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, let's talk about, exactly. Uh, let's talk about uh, the leader of this race, Remco Evenepoel. Uh, that's his interview after the race. Remco, we have seen uh, Movistar spinning up. We have seen uh, Almeida attacking. Have some people made your life difficult today, or not at all? Yeah, Henrik did. It was not so easy to uh, to follow his attacks. I think uh, the first one was quite a hard one because we were gone with uh, in two. Um, and then, yeah, I knew uh, Almeida's a bit further in, in the GC, so uh, I could leave him a space. But, uh, yeah, it was a very nice move and uh, a brave move from him. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, Hendrik tried to, to see how my legs were today. Um, but I could respond it very well. Uh, the team brought me in a, in a good position to the final climb because, like you said, they speeded up really hard. So uh, it wasn't an easy finish at all. I think uh, the gradients were... Uh, quite steep again now on this climb not the steepest but not easy at all so uh, yeah pretty hard finish again uh, when Primoz Roglic was here it was pretty simple to know where the main danger came from is the race more difficult to read now uh, I think it's as difficult as uh, as with Primoz but uh, yeah for sure a finish like this Primoz is a really explosive guy you know he can go in the last 500 meters and take 10 or 15 seconds so uh, um, I think now there is less danger for attacks like this uh, because Henrik is, is a bit less explosive than, than Primo. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, that's uh, the biggest comparison, I mean, uh, difference, but it, it doesn't make it easier at all. Not at all. Thank you. Keeping ahead cool, but uh, there's part of the questioning that is very good from Jean-Francois Kinet because they came in with a plan. Not sure they have factored, maybe they did, but they're not sure they had necessarily factored losing Roglic in that manner. So now they need to adapt. And for them, it's a new kind of racing with a different kind of attack, with a different kind of pressure. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, look, he's spot on. Uh, Enric Mas does not have that explosive power. But if Enric Mas can get into a rhythm that, that goes above the red zone of, of Evenepoel, then he's going to be in trouble, like uh, per se on Sierra Nevada, where he yeah. took time on not only Evenepoel, but he took time on Roglic as well. So Enric Mas, is, he can still win this race. I'm convinced of that. I'm not convinced he will win, but I'm convinced he can win, if that makes sense, because there's enough climbs over the next three days. And remember... This is at the very back end. This is, this is after 18, 17 days of racing. Yeah. And I know we keep saying it, but we said it. I kept saying it early on, and then the third week lit up because Evenable had started losing some ground. So he was good last night, but it wasn't a super tough day. The climb was 10 kilometres, but only just. There was a two-and-a-half-kilometre section in the middle that was downhill and false flat. So... Mm-hmm. It was only one climb as well. It was a Category 2. Tonight, it's a lot harder stage. It's uh, a long stage, a long-ish for Vuelta terms. And then we've got two more mountain days after that. So it, it's it's game on, big time. Yeah. I wonder if I interview Contador again, if he's going to go, nah, no, I can't win. No, no, because he's one of his uh, one of his riders. You know, he yeah, he's one of his protégés. <laughs> he comes from the school of Alberto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Look, the Spaniards, you would think, <laughs> are hatching plans as we speak in the, in the um, in the Spanish consulate somewhere on yeah. the start line, you would think. <laughs> We've got a question from Deb here. Uh, do you think any of the riders at Jumbo Visma have a real chance of winning another stage? Someone like Chris Harper, someone like, maybe not Ron Dennis, but is there anybody else at that team that can do anything on stages or is it pretty much wrapped up and they need to finish? Uh, Look, Chris Harper, based on the form that he's had, yes, he could. But, you know, I think they get a get-out-of-jail-free card because their morale would be pretty low. And I know it's their job to bounce back and yeah. to pick themselves back up. But I think yesterday, just getting through the stage was a tick-the-box for them. That They would have been pretty devastated. Um, you know, and they would have been... Their, their, their mojo was on the up, you know. they were. I think they were truly believing that Roglic was going to snatch this this victory away from Evenepoel. Um, they at least had that belief there. Now, all of that is gone. So there, you know, second, or, second or third is gone. Therefore, there's a question here. I saw, uh, and I'm giving my source on the French coverage of the race, they were arguing that Roglic tried too hard. His move was stupid. It's, uh, it's actually Durand uh, that, that was uh, arguing this, saying he tried too hard to get another eight seconds. He was never going to get 40 seconds on that stage. Uh, and then he made a mistake. I disagree with that because yeah, winning I disagree was, totally. was all about, you know, he needed to win everywhere he could. He needed to be incisive. He would not sit down. But they were yeah. arguing, like uh, Durand was really arguing on the fact that Roglic can only bring this mistake to himself because he was not clever in the sort of attacking he's made. Yeah, I mean, you know, by the way, I love Jackie Durand as yeah. a rider. I think he was, he was one of the greats. But... No, I think he's wrong because, and hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it, as a commentator as well. Yeah. Um, if Roglic had not have crashed and if he had finished on the back of that group and gained eight seconds, everyone would be saying, wow, Roglic. Okay, he only this, gained eight seconds, but wow. Having said this, in the coverage, Jackie Durand was saying what he's doing is stupid. What oh, he was so doing during is, the stage, he during said. During the stage. He said, what is he doing? He's, only, like, he's, he's burning some, uh, he was talking about form. He's burning some yeah. bullets. Yep. Just for eight seconds. What is he going to gain? Eight, ten seconds, no more than this. Yeah, uh, well, it's, well, good on him for calling it. I'll give him a bit more credit for went, calling yeah. it during the live um, yeah. commentary. And I see his point, but I'm with you. I think he had to – there's no guarantees on any of the days. So to nip eight seconds here, you know, the race, for all we know, with um, Roglic and Evenepoel, it could have come down to ten seconds. Exactly. And that eight exactly. seconds might have made the difference. And, eight, and we know the we know the power of eight seconds in France. Remind me of this. You do. We know the you, you very much do, my friend. I didn't bring it up. You brought it I up. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. Anyway, uh, let's have a look at the the route for tonight because uh, this is, as you said, a very interesting stage. Take us through the, the yeah the the mountains today. Yeah. So it's one hundred ninety two kilometers. Last night we only had. I think two and a half thousand meters of climbing. So in comparison, tonight's, as I said, 192. It's 30 kilometers longer than last night's stage. And there's another thousand meters of climbing for good measure. So category two, two category ones, those category ones, it's the same climb in the opposite direction. And then okay. of course it's the summit finish. 13 kilometers in length uh, is the climb from both sides. And the final climb. Uh, has an average grade of five and a half percent. It's not anything particularly tough, you know. It's not one of these super um, tough climbs that, that yeah. we've seen in the Vuelta. But bear in mind, 
it's at, it's well and truly at the end of two weeks of racing or 18 days of racing it will be um, by the time they hit that final climb tonight. So that certainly changes things. And I, look, I like going in the old money of, of, of um, when we talk about meterage these days, yeah. Christoph. I think there's yeah. still this currency with distance of climbing. Two 13-kilometre climbs. If you can just go back to that profile once more for me. Yeah, give me a um, second. Keep talking and I'll bring it up. I'll, I'll keep talking, uh, hamster wheel. Uh, well, the Category 2 isn't much, but it looks – well, it's only three or four kilometres long. So we've got about 30 kilometres of climbing, probably a bit more, maybe 35 if we add up all the little bits of climbing in the stage. That's enough. That's enough yeah. to cause some damage uh, today. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this is the uh, general ranking. Uh, this is what we play for. And again, three Spaniards in a hunt. Uh, behind uh, Remco Evenepoel. And our two horses are still in the top 10. And as we can see, uh, Rigo made an entry uh, in the top uh, the top 10 as well at ninth. Uh, th there's some uh, interesting points here. Uh, Almeida. Almeida is the is the forever cockroach in the best of terms. He dro yeah. gets dropped, he comes back, he gets dropped, he comes back. But he's here. He's in that top 10. Yeah, <laughs> but also, also terrible tactics last night and UAE yeah. should be thrown over the coals for it. Yeah. Almeida goes on the attack while Ayuso, his teammate, is getting dropped and who is in third place overall. So uh -huh. Almeida's at, what, six minutes and 50 seconds off the pace. Yeah. He attacks, and in the context, you've got Ayuso in, sitting in third, breathing down his neck is Rodriguez and Lopez. So the tactics were terrible. And yeah. for Almeida just to pick up 20 seconds that put his own teammate in a bit of bother... I yeah. think the team directors should be – they should be calling the shots. They're two really young riders still. Almeida's got a lot more experience than Ayuso at Grand Tour level, but mm. still, he should know better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, straight to the question with Deb. Who's your pick for tonight, Maka? Good call. Good, uh, good question, uh, Deb. Um, look, Jay Vine, but he's got a huge target on his back. So outside of Jay Vine – can I go with another Aussie? Yeah, go on. Um, and this would Ooh, be what? a massive victory. Uh, Chris Harper. Chris I know Harper we said their, their, yeah. their morale will be down. Let's give Chris Harper a, a, a plug. I think he's been he's been so good for Yumbo Visma. He's heading to Bike Exchange, Jaco, next year. So there you go, an Aussie victory. Yeah, go on. I'll back up this one because I've, I've got no idea who else, you know, to be honest. Uh, it's a difficult one to pick. Well, so it's, it, it is. Any, any, any one of those riders who didn't win that was in the break last night could could be in the break yeah. and win tonight as Ro well. Rosson Craddock, for that matter, could actually. Oh, you know, that American spirit can actually fire back and yeah. go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna absolutely win this thing. He's Texan. <laughs> That's nothing. I know what he went yeah. through last night. He's, he, he he was already over it by the time he yeah. got, got himself on the yeah. bus. <laughs> That's actually an act. He's actually acting on this thing. Absolutely. Uh, there is also the women's uh, tour, the women's version of the Vuelta, the Seratidzit uh, yes. challenge for uh, people. I don't know if you want to know what Seratidzit is. I'll engage you to uh, to Google it. It's actually a construction material company. Uh, so they sponsor. Uh, the whole race. This is why it's called a Seratidit uh, uh, race. Yesterday was uh, stage one. It was a, a team time trial, which was run by Trek. What a victory, Maka. Yeah, yeah, it was a good win by them. Not by much either. It was only by six seconds, uh, I think, in the end by bike exchange. So pretty tight in the end. But yeah. um, look, it's five days now in total, the Seratidit challenge, which is really good when you yeah. think that we've just had our, our, our first version or our new version of the, the Women's Tour de France. The Vuelta now is starting to build. The next thing is, well, the, Giro, the Women's Giro, which does exist, but we yeah. need it to step up another level.
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's listen to uh, the leader of the Saracis Challenge. It's Elisa Longo Borgin. Yeah, I feel uh, I feel actually really, really happy because uh, it's again another team victory. And um, yeah, the, the team did uh, really well. We we had a good plan and I have to thank the entire uh, staff from Trek Segafredo and all the girls because they were really committed today. What was the plan? Yeah, we we actually knew that uh, we were uh, generally really strong and uh, there was nobody really st um, standing um, over the other, so we were compact and we tried our best uh, to start fast and to finish faster. Now you're leaving the AGC, but tomorrow we have a really complicated stage with tight lines, so how do you face it? I mean, I will try to enjoy the the, the jersey t tonight with the team because uh, every time you win, you need to enjoy it. And tomorrow is another day. There are really strong riders here, and um, I know I'm in good shape, but I never underestimate my rivals because I have a lot of respect for them. Elisa Longo uh, Borghini here. Um, the race is on SBS on demand as well, Maka. So you can actually follow the race. Yes, it is. It's. Uh... <laughs> Late nights, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I think I think that actually it may be a little bit different the road stages now because the team's time trial was late. But yeah. on demand, yeah, absolutely. That is the place to go to check your guides. Uh, but five days and it finishes on the Sunday uh, in Madrid as the and men's uh, well today. I'll be well. there. I'll be there. We might try to get some uh, some content for our, our own very very own show as well. Uh, well, because, there's uh, we've got a bunch of Aussies uh, six, in the race six Aussies as well. In the race. Yeah, six yeah. In the race, so, so yeah. Ruby, uh, Ruby Roseman, um, Alex Manley, Grace Brown getting ready for the world. So yeah, Sarah Roy is uh, here yeah. as well. Hmm. So there's there's some big names as well. It's not uh, not just younger uh, younger guns. There's also some uh, some big names. Uh, yeah. One last thing before we go, Maka, and I'll come back to, to the men's race because there's not going to be a Slovenian winning. It'll be the first time since 2018 that there is no Slovenian Grand Tour winners at all in a year. 2018. It's ages ago. Wow, that's how that's how the dominance has been by the Slovenian on world cycling. Look at this. That is, wow, wow, we. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a good start. Yeah, that's a good start. I found that is a pretty good stat. And the crazy stat is that Slovenia have won a Grand Tour every year since 2018 yeah. or 20 no 2018 no yeah no, 2019 because 2018 it was, it was a full British lineup yep. as we can see here. But yep, from yep. 2019, there's been a minimum one, which basically wow. is Primoz Roglic. They're on the they're on the decline. They're on the decline. Yeah, their honeymoon period is over. You've called it. That's it. Hey, I got some other. I got just some other quick news. And gee, we do need to get him on the podcast before the year is out. We talked about it. Cam Meyer retiring. What a champion, no doubt. But it's just been announced he is joining the Great Britain track squad. Endurance Ooh. program for the women, I believe. Kamaya. Yes. So, so there's also um, actually as another news as well, Valverde has announced live on TV yesterday, the day before, uh, yeah. that he will remain with Movistar, sadly not as a rider, but he will remain in a in a coaching role, in an uh, yeah coaching role for for the team. So whether or not he will be a DS or not, but maybe the the, the tactics and what um, Valverde has got gotten us used to. Maybe that will just live on. So I'm sure our boss, Catherine Willan, is very pleased with that to know uh, that some we, of the Valverde yeah. will be uh, yeah. will be living on into the DNA of, of Movistar. 
And you can just imagine, imagine next year at Liège, best on Liège, Valverde in the, the, in the lead car. The <laughs> yeah, Valverde will be in the lead car. Guess what will exactly. be on the roof? <laughs> his own bike, perfectly fit to his size. And at some stage, he'll leg it out of the car, <laughs> rip the bike off because one of his teammates isn't up to standard. Okay, boys, this is how we do it. You know? <laughs> this, is a, this is how you do it on the uh, Cote de Roche or whatever those climbs are come at on, the end. Come on, come on. <laughs> and, and, he, and he actually could. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he's still he, – he's riding top 20 here. I know. <laughs> it's, I know. I know. It's mind-blowing anyway. Crazy. That's a, Legend. That's a whole different discussion. Uh, yeah. The bells are wrong, Maka. We are over half past, so it's time to go. Uh, thank you for your time You'll today. You'll turn and I know, I know. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll catch up again with you uh, tomorrow. Thank you, Maka. Thank you very much, mate. And uh, thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, try to find a, another location tomorrow somewhere in Spain for my delight and your delight as well. Okay, until then, enjoy the race tonight. It'll be a cracker of a stage. See you then. Thanks for listening to the SPS Falter Espana podcast with Zwift. After five weeks on the road at the tour and no riding, I'm seriously playing some fitness catch-up with Walter Inspiration. To help with my motivation, I've set myself a target of finding a team and getting involved with the Zwift Racing League. Round one starts on the 13th of September and goes to the 18th of October. One race per week for six weeks. Whether you're just starting out on your fitness journey or like me getting back into things, or you're a six watts per kilo monster, you'll find a level of racing to suit. So if you're up for the fun cycling challenge, dive in and start riding with a free seven-day trial at Zwift.com and find your ZRL team or register if you're all ready to go by Sunday the 11th of September. Hopefully, I'll see you on the start line soon. Ride on.